Hello, 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 and welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. My name is Callie and I am your co-host and I am here with my little anxious hummingbird, Elise, who is here with me. <laughs> hello, hello, I'm alive. alive. We took a month off, oops, and it, we didn't mean to. I got covid Mm-hmm. and it really like knocked me on my okay okay I wasn't dead like Elise <laughs> Elise was actually I, dead I died and was resurrected <laughs> yeah I just like medium died um but I was kind of surprised because after having it and then being double vaccinated and boosted I was kind of hoping that it wouldn't be that bad I mean I don't know this is gonna sound dumb but I'm kind of glad in a way it was that bad because I think hopefully it'll buy me another two years because mm-hmm. like, we had a bad the first time too. But anyway, BA.5, I think that's probably what you had to at least was no joke. And then we went to Colorado and yeah, we were just really irresponsible with our timings. <laughs> yeah. And then I went on vacation and then, oh yeah. And then you were on vacation and then I went on vacation again and now we're here. Yeah. Oops. So, <laughs> Sorry. So it's been a month. Whoopsie daisies. Um, our biggest fan, Carol, and then probably are also tied for biggest fan, Faye. We're probably yeah. like, where the fuck are these podcasts? I need to listen. Those are our mommies. Hi, <laughs> so mom. if you like us as much as our mommies do, I'm very sorry for the delay. But we're back and... We're excited. What are we talking about today? Um, boundaries. Yes. Boundaries in a professional setting and a very unprofessional setting. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. So we'll get to it. We had two submissions because uh, we felt like the first submission was a little hyper focused. Um, so we wanted to broaden out. And so we selected a second one. So hopefully you'll relate to one, if not both. But let's share our sparkles. Elise. Yep. That's me. Hello. Um, I actually just had an appointment right before this with my psychiatrist and I love Zoloft. I want to be sponsored by Zoloft. Zoloft, if you are listening to this, I am your spot. I I should be your spokes model because it is totally changed like my headspace. Like I used to cry every single day and I like thought that that was normal. I was like, Oh, that's really, yeah. You cried every day, every single day. How did you not know that? I was always texting you when I was crying. I didn't know you were actually crying. No. Yeah. Like literal tears, like sometimes like, (laughs) you know, what do you like? can't catch a breath. Yeah. Literally. Oh my God. I wouldn't have been such a bitch if I known you were crying. <laughs> no, I, you were never a bitch. I can be a little tough love sometimes. No, but I like need that or else I'm just going to like dig a little hole and like name it pity party and live there for 12 years. Mm, okay. So like, a little bad. no, 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 no. I like need that. Um, so yeah, I would cry literally every day. And I thought that I, that was just like, because I was an emotional person, like it wouldn't, I would cry at happy things too, but I would literally always like cry every day. I haven't cried in like a month. Yeah, that's normal. I think I've cried probably twice this year. What? 
this calendar year? Probably. I mean, I tear up sometimes and Andrew will like point at me and be like, Aha! I see you, you know, if we're watching like a show and I like get a little like glassy eyed. So I don't count that, but like actual like bona fide tears. Like I, like I'm thinking like two or three times and it's August. So yeah, that's about right. Wow. I think I probably need no, maybe twice. I feel like three times is too much. I might need the opposite of Zoloft. Like bitch, feel something. <laughs> <laughs> like take that pill oh my god Callie. but, <laughs> but I awesome. do think it's normal to I'm not trying to shame anyone who does cry every day I just don't think I would enjoy that well no I didn't either but I just like thought that that was like just who I was so I was like trying to accept that and that like also came with horrible paralyzing anxiety and I just was like talk like I feel like myself like I still have the same issues in my life, but like my marriage has never been better. My like happiness has never been better. Like work has never been like, I just feel like I am not consumed by infertility. And whenever we had those conversations before, and like, we would talk about it. Like I could, I could hear what you were saying, but like, I didn't actually know, like how that happened. Like I like couldn't fathom actually like experiencing infertility without it consuming my life. Right. And so now that I have been on Zoloft for like two months, I think maybe three, I think two, two or three. Um, but everything is just like different. Like it's, and it's so hard to explain, but like, I am not consumed and I like feel like good. Well, you probably have balance. Yeah. I feel like your life was a little out of balance. Yeah. And you were making it out of balance. But that's only because I think you, that's the thing, like the desire for what you want, like your goals haven't changed. It's just freeing yourself from realizing like, one, you're not in control of all of it. And two, that's okay. And three, you can enjoy the spaces but it was, it was so interesting because my anxiety would make me feel like I did have control. You know, it was like so misleading in that way. Whereas Mm -hmm. like now that I have support, like my brain is more in balance. Like I realize that the things that are out of control are actually out of my control. Mm -hmm. And so I like, am not trying to be in control of those things, you know? Yeah. And like taking advantage of the spaces and the time off and the, and I don't know, like being more in the moment Yeah, infertility, I think makes it hard to be in the moment because you have to like, oh my gosh, is, am I doing this? And is that going to damage something? Or if I like relax and do this, is that not focusing enough? And it's like, no, like, no, live your life, live your life, your life on so loft. But I do have moments, (laughs) i.e last night where I spiral, but it, I can, I can talk myself down with the help of my people fairly quickly. Like I didn't, I didn't stay there for too long. Right. And the other thing to note too, is that I know I'm a huge proponent of Reddit. Okay. So basically Elise had some issues eating her dinner and like I, accidentally inhaled rice. Yeah. I like had a bowl of like rice and veggies with like a beef sausage. And why do I think the word sausage is just like so funny? (laughs) 
is it is. But I was like chewing and then I like took a breath, like, and I inhaled one grain of rice and I could like feel it. And so then Callie has taught me the gift of Reddit. Thank you. And fuck you at the same time. I know. And so I immediately go to Reddit and it's like, inhaled a grain of rice. It's like bad aspiration. You're going to die. You're going to get pneumonia. You need to go get your stomach pumped. Like you got to go get x-rays, call the ambulance, go to the emergency room. And I literally was like, fuck. So of course, who do I text? I know. Reddit is also though, well, depending on what you're wanting the answer to, usually worst case scenario. Like people only go to the internet when it's like really bad or really good. Yeah, that's true. So if you were having side effects of like that great advice two days later, I'd be like, yeah, it's probably time to go see a doctor. But most likely what happened is it just went down the wrong pipe. Like when water goes down the wrong pipe and you feel kind of funky for like 30 minutes and then it goes away. Like the human body is pretty miraculous with like all of its piping and it like figures out how to get like your shit from one pipe to another. It just, it doesn't happen instantaneously. But I, I I laughed too because you you were like, I inhaled rice, I'm going to die. And I, I, I read that and I was like, okay, I need context. I love that with you and me. I was just like, context, please, (laughs) please elaborate on what, it is you are speaking of, but it's funny how like situations like that can, I would be like, Oh man, it went down the wrong pipe. And I'm probably team. I don't care enough. Like I get nervous that like, I'm, I am going to miss something huge because I 99% of the time I'm like, man, it's fine. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous of that. Yeah. But like the 1% when it's not fine. Yeah. You know, you, mm, not great. So just (laughs) hoping my luck doesn't, uh, run out. So there are pros and cons, but yeah, you are, you are here. I'm alive. Said, said rice has been flushed and we're fine. Yep. Let's hear your sparkle. I am saying this under duress because Elise asks me every single week what I'm going to share this. And I'm like, no, no. This is the week. No. And then I keep pushing it back. And I'm like, well, when this, when this, when this. And I was like, okay, fine, we're here. So um, I just like never updated y'all. I just stopped talking about it, which I thought was really funny. I was like, I'm just nope. So I actually I did end up having a transfer in early March. I transferred two untested embryos. It turns out one did stick. So I am like 24, 25 weeks along. Yes. So I am pregnant and I'm like still not really showing. So it's not that it doesn't feel real. It's just like, I only talk about it if I want to talk about it because it's not one of those situations where people on the street are like, oh, she's pregnant. It's like you genuinely would not know, Um, but which is weird, right? It's like kind of weird, but whatever. I I know plenty of people who like, didn't show until like literally the week before they brought the baby out so that's that's where we're at we found out it's a girl (gasps) it's a girl yes which is really exciting Andrew wanted a girl so badly he was trying to keep his cool I had severe anxiety I will say about like 
having a boy, not because I didn't want a boy, but because I was like, is my husband going to be okay? He kept saying he was going to like do Craster's keep and like take the boy out to our gay neighbors upstairs and be like, here's the boy. We'll try again. <laughs> it's like, that's not funny, but, um, turns out we didn't have to worry about it. I don't think I've ever seen a pure look of joy on anyone's face than when he found out it literally was- the sweetest. I forced Callie's mom to videotape it. I like literally yes. was like, I'm going to fly my ass there and hurt everybody if there's not a video. And it was so sweet. He I started know. crying. He started, he did. He started crying. What a little bitch. He started crying. It was so cute. We didn't do anything huge. We just like, but you know, after going through this IVF process, even me, who's not someone that is a big, like, let's celebrate, let's plan, let's do all these things. Like my wedding was destination, right? Like I've kind of always just aired on that side. I did have a small, when I say small, I mean, it was literally my mother and then John, my best friend who lives two stories above me. Uh, and then me and Andrew, it was like four of us and we had like a nice dinner and then we cut a cake, but I still wanted that moment because infertility does rob you of so much. And what was interesting is that we didn't know what genders of embryos we implanted because they weren't PGT tested, which also made the first trimester a bundle of fun because you yeah. don't know, right? Like you just, you're not sure. You still don't know if everything's viable, which is another reason I didn't want to share. And then I've already talked about the fact that I didn't want to announce anyway, because the people in my life who are important to me already know. Yeah. And then, so an announcement to me just felt like an attention grab, not on this podcast. This is a little different. Like y'all aren't going to hard it. Like, oh my God, congratulations. like, but it could ruin someone else's day. So I was like, why would I want to do that? Just yeah. to tell a bunch of strangers. Yeah. Like it's none of y'all's business. So, but it's y'all's business, the podcast business. Cause y'all have been listening to me bitch for a year. And then I was like, I'm just not going to talk about it anymore. And I'm sure a lot of you were like, what the fuck? <laughs> why did she just go dark? Like what is happening? So that's what's happening. We're due Thanksgiving. Yay. A turkey baby. Mm-hmm. Turns out I think most baby shit is tacky. Surprise, surprise. So I'm not surprised at all. I know. It's so funny. People are like, Oh, what's your nursery theme? And I'm like, Oh, it's blue. And they're like, what? <laughs> You're having a girl. I'm like, well, you know what? Whatever. I love it. Whatever. We're doing it it the way we gonna do it. And we're setting up the nursery this weekend. (laughs) Elise keeps asking, have you opened the crib yet? I'm like, no. I like have, you know, you all know this by now. I need a plan. I need predictability. I need to be prepared. I'm like, the box, the crib is still in the box. Like we gotta take it out. I know, but I mean, I have time. It's only August. I know, but like, we got to get it in there. You got to like nest in there. You got to like read books in there and like get excited. Oh, I haven't read one book and I'm not going to, I might read like a parenting book maybe, but like, no, I'm talking about like reading children's books before she's out. Ew. Why would I do that? Because they can hear you. It's actually like studies show it's like really good for their like intelligence and like She's been listening to her mama cuss on the pickleball court. (laughs) She's going to get out and be like, yeah, Yeah, she'd be like, fuck you, bitch. She's going to be like her first words. I'm like, great. I took her to uh, the chicks concert. So she's heard loud music. 
Um, my OB said she was quote, very graceful. And so I wouldn't be hearing or feeling like a lot of kicks. And it turns out my OB is full of fucking shit because she kicks my vagina all day long and it hurts. Is that called lightning crotch? Yes. I, to me, it doesn't. Yes. That's what it is. It feels bad. And sometimes she kicks my butt and that feels pretty bad too. Wait. So. So like, it literally feels like lightning's going up your hooch and butthole. Yeah. It feels like pressure is like, yeah. Like it, I don't think it feels like lightning, but like, it definitely feels bad and it feels, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Isn't it it weird? You literally have a human being in your body. Yeah. I don't like to think about it. My mom was like, oh my God, I like loved the kicks, but it freaked me out because then I realized they had to come out. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not scared of that. Like, hopefully I'll be completely drugged out. Like I'm not doing this home birth, no medicated. Like I went to my OB and and he was like, so like, okay, so what are, what are your thinking for this? And I was like, oh, are you asking about a birth plan? I don't have one of those. Do I need to have one of those? And he was like, no. And I was like, cool. And then he just kind of looked at me. He's like, so like, what are your expectations? And I was like, I'm very pro science. And he was like, okay, good. And we were basically just having this like meta conversation about like, yeah, give me drugs, knock me out. I don't want to feel nothing. I don't remember nothing. I don't want to be awake for nothing. I just like, just wake me up when it's over. That is so funny. (laughs) Thank you. So we'll see how this goes. And I'm not eating my placenta. Oh yeah. We had a, we had a whole conversation. He's a no. It's a no. It's a no. This will be, yeah, I'm going to go into this very uneducated. I think they're making me take a birthing class, which I'm like, why? Like, it's going to happen. What do you want me to do about it? Is there like, you're going to tell me what to do. People, I like follow like home birth accounts on Instagram because I like to torture myself. Um, (laughs) And like people have been birthing children for literally the beginning of time. Like people, but they've also died. Oh. They have died. Okay. Well, I mean, you know what I mean? Like here, here's my thing. It's like, that's true. And I have this mentality. I have a 50, 50 mentality on this. I'm not scared of doing it because you're right. We have the human race has been doing this for thousands upon thousands of years. So if they can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. The difference is many of them have perished during childbirth yeah. and childbirth can be a medical emergency. And you don't know if that's going to be you or not. With my luck. With your luck, it probably will be a medical emergency. I'm just going to come out and say it. No, With my luck, 50-50 chance. Prob- I, I think the hard part for me was probably getting to that point. I don't think, pre- I, I've had a, I guess, easy-ish, whatever pregnancy. So wh- whatever. I passed my glucose test. That's all I care about. Um, But I just, I, and this isn't to shame anyone who's done home birth or whatever, like to each their own. I personally am just not going to take that risk. And I, you, we do have to acknowledge that it's like science is there for a reason. And it yeah. has cut down, you know, maternal death, but maternal death is still high in the United States, especially for women of color. I literally was just about to say that. I know, yeah. I know that. And that's it's high. Awful. I know. I don't know why. I think it's a little bit of doctors not listening to patients. I think it might be a little bit of this resurgence of I'm going to do it my way and screw interventions. And I have a plan that I want to follow. And I understand childbirth is, is a big 
chapter of someone's life and it's a big moment and people have expectations for how it's going to go. And I'm on Reddit and it's like, I mean, these women got the playlist. They got the, this one woman wants to bring a fucking crock pot so that she can have the smell of her favorite recipe while she's doing that. I'm like, "Mm." you're kidding. That's a joke. No, I am not kidding. And like, I can sympathize. I do understand. It's like a bigger moment than women planning their weddings. Right. And like you, I mean, obviously so many weddings are planned down to like the millisecond. Yeah. And so I get it. I'm not trying to like put these women down or anything, but I'm just team. What's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the best way to go into it because I, I talked to so many, you know, clients and friends who have this super inflexible, strict plan. And then yes. they're, their birthing experience is quote unquote traumatic because it wasn't what they had thought that it was going to be. So I think the more that you can go in with flexibility and that's not to say don't have like preferences if you have them, but just be like, the goal is I want to be healthy and alive and baby needs to be healthy and alive. And I think, yeah, my preference is my OB's preference. Yeah. Like he went to medical school. Yeah. I didn't. So yeah. Yeah. My preference is your preference. And I don't have attachments to like that day or that moment at all. Um, and so that's why I'm like, I'm not going to read any books or like do any of this stuff. I mean, I genuinely have not educated myself at all <laughs> That's totally fine. about anything. So yeah, <laughs> we're going to be fine. We'll be fine. We're, we're going to be that's <laughs> we're going to be okay. Anyway. So yeah, there's that. (laughs) Yay. Callie. (laughs) There's that. Okay. Let's get into the first letter for today. You ready? Yep. Cool. Hi, Elise and Callie. I apologize. This is long and maybe too specific for the pod, but I would love your input on a situation. I'm a doctoral candidate and I'm having Difficulty enforcing boundaries on my advisor, maybe applicable for employees with bosses. Oh, it's so sweet that she's like trying to make this like, you know, Mm -hmm. generalized, like, don't worry about it. It can be hyper specific. That's fine. I've been working with my advisor for years and I genuinely liked him as a person. I was his first full-time advisor, maybe advisee, Mm -hmm. and he has taken on a handful of others while I've been in the program. He has developed a reputation for not responding to emails, going MIA for months at a time, et cetera, but I'm running my own research project, so I never cared. I have won my own research grants, written conference papers and publications, and led a team of researchers independently of him. Fast forward to today. I have been waiting literal months for him to comment on my dissertation chapters, and he is delaying my defense with his lack of responses. It is frustrating to me for many reasons. I don't like that I need something done, and I have next to no control over if and when it is completed. I've successfully nominated him for awards, written letters of support for his tenure process, etc. I find it frustrating that he can't do the one thing that I need in a timely manner. I don't want to sever ties with someone I've come close to over the years and finding a new advisor this late in the game would be near impossible because of department politics. Do you have any advice for respectfully yet firmly setting boundaries around what my needs are from him? Thank you in advance. I love listening to the podcast from at the end of my rope. Mm. That's frustrating. Um, But I do think that it sounds like based on what you said, you're not the only one who's experiencing that, right? Didn't she say 
mm-hmm. but now he has more advisees and he has a reputation of not responding to emails and doing those things. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I'm sure at this point, I would be curious if you've already confronted him on these things, but maybe it's time to like actually set a meeting and like sit down in person and just be like, what's going on? Cause it sounds like they have like a personal relationship too. Yeah. I mean, I think what the first thing that comes to mind is he's beyond busy. Um, he's gotten more advisees under his, you know, umbrella when he first started with you, it was just you. And now Mm -hmm. there's many of you. Um, he's probably underwater. I mean, also all the things that you've put him up for, you were saying, "Mm, where is it? Whatever. nominated him for awards thank you he's getting awards so like he has a flourishing career outside of being an advisor so I think and this is going to be really hard not to take personally if I were you I'd be fuming and I'd be like this piece of shit man you garbage asshole I have done so much for you and you can't do this your literal job like you get yeah. paid for this yeah you dick. That is where I would be. I just want to put that out there. I would be red in the face and furious and taking this personally and pretty much almost turning into a Karen. Like that's where I'd be, but that's not helpful. So I think from my perspective removed (laughs) now that I've been honest about what I would actually feel, I think I would consider that he is in the weeds as we in the service industry like to say, meaning like you are so behind and you are so like underwater that it's hard to like when, I don't know, Elise, have you heard that phrase before? In the yeah. Weeds? Like you're like so far gone. It's like, even at your like hundred percent, you're like not feeling like you're making Headway. any progress. Yeah. I would always say I'm under. <laughs> so like, if I were like the way that I look at it is that like when I was bartending, and I was still prepared for my shift, but then sometimes in this would happen, like 25 people would come and sit at the bar within 15 minutes of each other. And it's like, I'm so under, and there is nothing I could have done to prepare for this. Right. Like there is, there are only two of me, like me and another bartender, 25 of you, each of your orders takes at least two minutes for me to make you do the math. Like yeah. how the hell am I supposed to keep up with this? And so that's when we would scream at the other wait staff, at the manager, at anyone. And I would just say, I'm under, I'm under, I'm under like, but I don't even have time to explain why I'm under to give you context. It's just, I'm under means I am drowning. Yeah. Do something. I don't even have time to tell you what to do to help me. Yeah. Just figure it out. Fix it. I mean, you can only imagine what I was like. It's so funny because Charlotte worked as a hostess when I was a bartender and she could see it. And she was just like, she would literally go to service and be like, go, go help her. No, not you. Get out of her way. She will eat you alive. You go in there. She's going to (laughs) die. She will eat you alive. Yeah. I had some people I was like, get out of my face. But anyway, point is, is I'm trying to develop some empathy for this man which is challenging. Um, and so I think I would go into it, especially because you've decided you don't want to sever ties and also finding a new relationship this late in the game. seems like it would be even a bigger pain in the ass for you. Right. 
So I would come at it, not apologetically, like, I know you're so busy. I'm so sorry. It's like, no, but just understanding that he doesn't even have time to tell you how to make this easier on him. So one, stop emailing. Emailing is not going to happen. Emailing is the easiest form of communication to not respond to. Do you know how easy it is to be like, it went to spam? Or just be like, oh, it got clogged in my inbox. How many times have we seen, oh, this got buried in my inbox? Like that is a common form of expression. Yeah. Text, oh my God, I read this and then totally forgot to respond. It's like, we're done with those easy ways to ignore. So we need a phone call or we need a drop in. Yeah. I like, like a, I like a drop in. I do too. I like a drop in because it's also easy to decline a call. I'm like, oh, I yeah. So I think we need a drop in and a firm of, Hey, I know you've got a career. I know you've got a life. I have supported said career. So I am actually in a unique position to understand how busy you are. I get it. I am also busy. And here in our relationship, it's come to the point where I need you must have you step up. What do I need to do to make that possible? Cause mm-hmm. you're clearly drowning. That's fine. You're busy, but like this can't keep going on. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm wasting my time and you're not going to get off the hook for this. <laughs> you're yeah. going to have to do this at some point. You're just pushing it off. So what can I do to make your life easier to get this done? I think that that's such a good approach because when someone comes to you, and like places blame of like, you've been doing a shitty job and I need all this done and you're not doing good enough. Like, I think that that automatically creates an environment where someone's going to feel like they aren't understood and aren't validated and need to defend themselves. But I think your approach of like, what can, clearly you're drowning. Uh Clearly I need things done so I can move forward. Like, what can I do to help you? I think that that would be like the most receptive way to set a boundary, but also like get what you need done. Right. And it's, it might be annoying. Like I, uh, I have a friend getting her PhD. So I like kind of understand this and she's also had struggles with her advisors getting stuff to her. So I, I, I mean, you know, kind of get it, but I do feel like this process is already not going the way that you want it to. And it might not end. Um, it'll end fine. I'm sure this will all get done, but I guess the process might not look what you thought it would, meaning it might not be as quote easy as sending it to him and then waiting for comments. And I, I say easy because a dissertation is not easy. A dissertation Mm -hmm. is an insane amount of work. So nothing that you're doing is quote easy, but it seriously might look like an office hour situation where you like can bring it in and he has like an hour with you going over it together. Like it might look like that, which is a pain in the ass for you because you've already done all the work and now it's his turn. And that's traditionally the way it's supposed to go, but you might have to eat up more of your hours to hold his hand because he's clearly just you are not a priority. And I don't think that's a personal thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, like I wouldn't take it personally because what's the benefit of taking it personally. I also feel like it's hard with dynamics of like people who are in like quote unquote higher positions or like positions of authority. And then you also have like personal relationship, like, you know, like she mentioned that they had like somewhat of a personal relationship and have grown to be friends. Like, I think that those are really hard situations 
to navigate sometimes because it's like, I don't know. I've always had like a thing with authority. I don't know if that's like only me, but like with doctors and professors or like friends of my parents, like it's just this like level of respect where you feel like you have to like make sure that they're taken care of before you are. Mm -hmm. Is that like normal? Mm, I think it can be. I think in certain situations it can be. I think the older I've gotten, the less I feel that way. Yeah. Especially if I'm the one whipping out my credit card. Yeah. Then I'm like, no, I'm in charge. Yeah. No, that's a great point. (laughs) I mean, if I'm paying for the services, then no, I'm boss. And that's great that you like exactly with like, for instance, like with what we were talking about earlier with like, I don't have a birth plan because I'm not educated in this. But if I did, you're going to fucking do it Yeah, because you're the one helping me, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to listen to your suggestions and everything, but you better be working to make me happy. They're just lucky that I am so ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but no, I've, I've gotten, I think, past the point where people just automatically deserve my respect, which pros and cons to that. Um, I think it's probably good to respect everyone right off the bat, but I think I've been burned too many times where I'm like, earn it. And so I will say, it seems like this man has earned it. She wouldn't be writing these letters of, um, whatever support and nominating him for things. If she didn't actually believe in him. I mean, maybe she was doing it to butter him up, but probably not because that kind of stuff takes real work. So she clearly, and she's putting her name behind him, Mm -hmm. uh, which means something in the world of academia and should mean something across the board, no matter what. I think, the, the respectfully yet firmly question, I, I'm team, this has to get done period. So how can I help get it done mm-hmm. is the boundary. It's not, Hey, I'm so sorry. I know you're busy, but when you have a moment is like, nope, that just like lets him coast even longer. It's yeah. uh-uh, we're done. As you said, I'm at the end of my rope. Yeah. Let's go. But I'm willing to collaborate with you on this. I'm willing okay. to admit or at least find some space of empathy in my body to give to you because at the end of the day, like you have, you are at his mercy. Like you really are. And that sucks. The other thing I'm going to say is please embrace the gift of being annoying. Like you can just be annoying. I mean, I, so many times. Like, yeah. I, I like, that is like a quality of my personality. I'm like totally fine with being annoying. Like, I don't, I like, it's no problem. Annoying people get results. Totally. Absolutely. Annoying people get results. I'll tell a quick story. Um, John and I are on our HOA board and we had to close up a permit, um, for our building that was like four years open, whatever. So we had to go down to city hall and we had to like wait in this little waiting room. And so we could like see people like talking to staff about permits, right. And permits, whenever you're doing development or anything in a, especially in a small city, actually in a big city, it's probably worse. Um, it can just take forever. So we're listening to this guy who clearly like dropped the ball and he got really mad when he got a rejection thing. And it's like, he wasn't on it. Right. And the city's kind of like, well, you didn't do this and this and this. And John looked at me and was like, Oh my God, when my mother-in-law was building this house in San Diego, she went up to city hall every day every day and just sat in the waiting room and was like, Hey, waiting on that permit. Thanks. Whenever you get a moment every day. And let me tell you that permit got closed real fast yeah. because she was so obnoxious 
and annoying about it. Did she care? No, because she got what she wanted. Mm-hmm. Granted, she's like a woman who's retired and has time for that. But like, if you do not defend your dissertation, you do not get your formal PhD. Yeah. You do not graduate. Like this is the end game. So what else matters? Yeah. Like you have to put everything into it. And so I would respectfully annoy the living shit out of this man. Yeah. Right. There's, there's like two ways to be annoying tone and like content and like all that, like, you know, like some people can just like be annoying and you're like, can you just say what you mean? Yeah. Right. Like you're being annoying other people. It's just frequency. Like following up, following up, circling back, circling back. Hello, hello, hello. Where is this? It's like, just never letting it not be on his radar. Yes. Persistency. There's there's power. There's power in being annoying. I love it. Yeah. I guess being persistent is a nicer way to say it. Yeah. That's like, I mean, yeah. But the fear is that we are being annoying. And I'm saying there should be no fear in that. The goal should be to be annoying. Yeah. I have no fear in being annoying. Also, like I have no fear in asking for help. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a good one. Yeah. I used to have a lot of fear in being annoying, but, and I, sometimes I still do depending on the situation and I probably should go over it. But in this situation, to me, this is so black or white. Yeah. I completely agree. This is like not a situation where you need to risk any way shape or form of like coming across in a certain way like who cares mm-hmm. yeah and once this is all done and especially be especially because this is his job like this isn't like a favor that he's doing for you like this is literally his job so yeah. like like if for example like if Callie pays me every week if she didn't pay me like and I needed my money like it wouldn't be annoying to be like hey gotta pay my bills. Hey, can you say, you know, it's like, that's Callie's job is to pay me for my job, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, that's, it's shouldn't don't overthink that. Cause no. that's no, his job. Don't overthink that. And sometimes payments are late and I'm like, sorry, but you like, sorry, I actually checked if they were ready um, before this podcast and they're not. So I always, I always get paid on time. Mm-mm. Sometimes you get paid like two days late. It's not a big deal. Everyone gets paid weekly though. Most people get paid every other week. So y'all never complain because you get paid at a, yeah more frequent process, whatever. Okay. So yeah. Um, figure out how you can collaborate within the process, even though it might actually kill your ego. Mm -hmm. It's character building. Um, come at it with curiosity and empathy, Mm -hmm. leave the rage behind, even though girl, I feel it. Ooh, I feel it. I do think one of my pregnancy systems is having an even shorter fuse. It's been interesting. Like I, I don't put up with, Ooh, I don't put up with a lot and I'm telling you, I wouldn't put up with this and I would probably act a little unprofessional. So don't be me because it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get you anywhere. Pregnancy perspectives. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. I've like, Mm, I've had some <laughs> confrontations that I would never normally have. And let me tell you, it feels good. So save that for later because you actually need this stupid man. So, you know, get him to basically just be smarter than the situation. Yeah. And just look at it from an eagle eye point of view and just like get, get done what needs to be done. 
And then you can fume and bitch about it later. And I will gladly listen and be like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. but let's wait until it's done. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then Good be plan. annoying, like embrace that annoying quality that we all have mm-hmm. and try and suppress on a daily basis. Like let her fly. Let her out of there. Yeah. Like let her fly. Okay. Any final thoughts for at the end of my rope? No. Great. Let's move on. Dear blush. I have a super toxic relationship with my ex. We were together for four years on and off. It was basically lust at first sight and we were inseparable, but we got into horrible screaming fights and it was truly an emotional roller coaster that we were both addicted to. We both cheated on each other multiple times and eventually decided to end the relationship. I should mention that this person happens to be my cousin's best friend from childhood. After we ended things, I was literally heartbroken. We went about a month without seeing or talking, but still followed each other on social media. Oh, for goodness sake. Then my cousins had a house party and I ended up bumping into him. We were both drinking and one thing led to another and we had sex. I was leaving to go out of town for the next week with two of my friends and needed someone to watch my dog. My dog and my ex loved each other. So I mistakenly asked him to watch her. I honestly thought it would be fine and gave him a key to my apartment. <laughs> when I came back, I could tell that people had been in my apartment. No way. I guess my ex <laughs> and my cousin had gone out to a bar down the street and just came over here afterwards and brought some girls, which in my opinion is so messed up. I of course lost my shit on him and now he feels horrible and is trying to make up for it and wants to get back together. My friends are sick of hearing me talk about it. So I'm coming to the professionals. Help. How do I set boundaries with him? How do I handle seeing him randomly? Because he's always with my cousin. I feel like I know the answer to this, but should I give him another chance? <laughs> no. Uh, from my ex sucks. Oh my God. This could have been like a movie or like a TV show or something. I was hooked on this. Like, Oh my God. Oh my, like, you don't think it's going to get worse. And then it just like keeps getting worse. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Okay. So first things first, it seems like this breakup is fresh. Yeah. So we can't be too hard on her. No, no, no. I believe me. I, I get it. I've been there. Yeah. See, I like, don't like once it's over for me, it's typically over. I don't think I've ever gotten back together with. Oh my God. I can't even, I'm like truly embarrassed to tell my stories. I, I was like, we would break up and this was in college and my relationship before Carl, but it was like, break up, get back together, break up. And then it was always like, just so bad. Like we would end up hooking up or texting and then like rekindling. And then it was just so hot and cold and it was so unhealthy. Like I, I have a hard time letting go. Well, I mean, like, look, I'm not all high and mighty. The one boy who like really broke my heart, like didn't come back to me. (laughs) Like I didn't have the chance and I probably would have taken it, but he was very much like, bye. (laughs) So like, I, it's not like, I'm like, I'm so in control and I'm so strong. It's like, no, he just fucking hated you. So so there was, there was, there was really no temptation there. Um, and then everyone else, I had that horrible mistake of getting over them before we broke up, which is just mean and like, not nice and bullshit. So I'm not trying to be like, I am perfect because I never get back together with people. It's like, no, I have my own horrible habits. Uh, but anyway, 
I'm only saying this because it's kind of hard for me to relate because I've never had the pleasure of um, <laughs> being being honored with someone wanting to get back together with me. So, <laughs> so I guess congrats. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this relationship is garbage. So let's, yeah. I already, like, I couldn't help it. I already answered the first question or the third question, which is like, should I give him another chance? It's like, well, obviously not. Um, this is crazy. No. And then like, before I forget, like unfollow him on social media, like what? Okay. This is another thing I don't get about you, Elise. If something triggers me on social media and like, I don't have the heart to unfollow them, I'll mute them Mm -hmm. so that, that I don't cause any sort of like, you know, conflict or something. I don't know. Unfollow can be a little dramatic. And I think the mute button is like my best friend, but I'll like unfollow things that aren't good for me, but you like straight up seek shit out. That's going to make you sad. I'm like truly an emotional cutter. It's like, you you know, that reel that's like, Hey, like say something to piss me off. And then it's like, yep, that'll do it. Like that's, I feel like sometimes I like want to feel something and then I like look at things that make me sad. I know, like you sending me all these baby accounts to follow, which by the way, I'm not following them. I'm not following them. But like, I can't believe you already thought, fo- I was like, why are you following these people? I literally follow, I've been following baby and mom things for like ever. But yeah, I mean, you would think that I would like create some distance between things that trigger me, but I'm like, no, let me just pretend it doesn't bother me. Right. I mean, I think there's a fine line between feeling triggered and then feeling like you're manifesting. Yes. That's a good point. And like people walk that line all the time. And if there's ever a question for me is a no. See, that's the thing. I have, I have a baby shower that I got invited to this weekend. Oh, you don't have to come to mine either, by the way. Well, We'll, we'll circle back to that because yeah. like, I, I know you keep giving me an out, but I'm driving my ass down. I mean, if it's any consolation, there will be no diapers. There will be no onesies. There will be probably no, nothing. It's that- literally going to be a rager. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, like in my mind, I can be like, oh yeah, I, I can convince myself to go and be like, "Mm, I could see the upside. I'll get to see people get out of the house, have some free alcohol, maybe some snacks, but then it's like, but like, do I want to go? No. Am I going to be sad? Probably Carl's not home. So then I'm going to come home after like two glasses of champagne to an empty house. I say have the champagne in the empty house. Yeah. So don't go, but like drink. I okay. wouldn't go. I wouldn't go to mine. Like I, if I were you, I wouldn't come to mine. Okay. I'm just saying it. Well, you can at least, at least people like you, like understand and like give the out, you know, like, I feel like yeah. I've, I've had to say no to so many baby showers and I, I feel mean, baby like, showers suck anyway. No, they like, really even do. if you're not triggered, even if you're not dealing with infertility, like who the fuck wants to go to a baby shower? So no. I mean, <laughs> So totally, I don't, I don't care. I'm trying desperately to make mine fun because I know, because a lot of people are like, no, I do want to come to that. I'm like, okay, psycho. So if they're going to come, then I'm going to make it fun. Yeah. Yeah, No, but, um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I'm not trying to say I like, I don't understand you, but it's more just like, 
there's this whole narrative that like not unfollowing each other or like showing up to other people's success stories when you're struggling makes you strong. Mm. And it's like, or hear me out. You are totally diminishing your own feelings and telling yourself that other people's experiences are more important than yours. Absolutely. And that's just not true in my mind. I think you should definitely unfollow this dickweed on social media so that you have more distance from him. And, and at also, least I think you should RSVP no to like everything and anything that you don't want to go to, but yeah. Like, but also like, I think I, I hear this a lot with like clients getting out of relationships and they're like, well, like maybe we could be friends or like, I, I know we have like this web of people. So we're always going to be connected. It's like, I wouldn't even want to be friends with this person, you know? Yeah. So like, I, and I know that you're aware of the fact that potentially maybe you might run into him because he's connected to your cousin and a family member, but like we can, we can prepare and like, make sure that that doesn't happen. Like that all you have to do is like text your cousin and be like, Hey, is he there? If so, I'm not coming. Right. Like, and explain to cousin, like, Hey, I just need some distance maybe in, maybe in a few months or maybe in whatever, like it'll be fine, but I really need distance in the meantime to get separation. Yeah. So how do I set boundaries with him? The ex, I mean, I don't know. You don't fucking give him a key to your apartment and ask him to like watch your most prized possession. That's, I mean, look, I get how that happened because it is the, it, it is easy. You just fell back into old patterns and it sounds like you asked him when you were drunk. So, I mean, I get it, but ugh, I mean, that's like, these are the easiest boundaries in my mind to set. It's like, yeah. just stop contact with him. and don't see him. That's and like, it familiarity doesn't always mean that it's like good for you. You know, oh, yeah. like, I think that that's probably a piece here too of like, Oh, like my dog is already familiar with him. And like, he knows my apartment well and all of these, like, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's a healthy situation. And also I always, always, always remember this Callie when I, I was a blush client and I started blush because I was in a really toxic, very similar to this situation relationship for like two and a half years. And my blush coach was like, you literally need to break up with him. And I was like, yes, ma'am. And so I did. And she sent me this like breakup guide that Callie had written. And in the breakup guide, it talked about this exact thing of like, you know, you make so much progress and you like have these conversations and you hype yourself up and you feel so good about like the direction that you're going. And then you look them up on social media or then they text you or you text them or you see them. And it's like 70% of all of that buildup that you have done literally gets vanished because of the trigger of seeing them or being in contact with them. And when I read that, I was like, shit. Like I, I knew that on some level. Right. Cause I like have the feelings that it's so like unconscious. So to actually like read that, that like, here I am trying my hardest to carry this weight up this ball up this hill. And then I almost get to the top and then it's like, all that works for nothing, you know? Yeah. So it's like, well, you know, it's like when you're in recovery and you know, you've been sober for 24 months and then you have one bad day and you slip, you know, what sucks is when you go to your next meeting, you don't get to say you've been sober for 24 months. Yeah. 
you get to say you've been sober for a day. It's like, it goes away. Isn't that crazy? Like all those two years of you doing all that amazing work, fighting off your addiction, doing what you need to do. It is seriously wiped clean and you have to Mm. start over. Mm. And I'm, I think that I understand that addiction, like addiction can kill you. It it can ruin your life. It can do all this, but so can a horrible relationship. Mm -hmm. A really bad relationship can also kill you. A really bad relationship can also absolutely ruin your life and derail everything. So you should just look at it that way. Like this is a situation that is completely unhealthy for you. It is Mm -hmm. damaging to your body. It is damaging you emotionally. This person does not respect you. I mean, bringing people over to anyone's apartment that's not yours is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like that's just crazy to me. You don't do that unless you have like explicit permission, but what? Yeah. So, I mean, you have to pretend slash not pretend wrong word, acknowledge that this relationship is a form of addiction. And in order to break free of it, you have to go cold Turkey and start counting the days of no contact, no interaction, no nothing. Explain this to cousin and move on with your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, why is your cousin hanging out with this douchebag? I don't know. I don't know. The whole like childhood, friend, we've been friends since childhood. So I'm going to like excuse every horrible thing that they do like bothers me so much. I also kind of like want to know how old these people are because I feel like on some, you know, like in college, this is like not out of the norm. Like this was like Mm -hmm. all of my friends' relationships in college, you know? So I like, and like people being friends with people who are just like garbage humans just for the sake of like convenience, Yeah, (laughs) you know? I mean, how on earth did we go through breakups in high school? Like, think about it. Like this advice is golden for adults living their own life who have control and autonomy over themselves. But like, I remember going through breakups in high school and it's like, I have English class with them. I, do you want to, do you want to hear a story? I was in a relationship with this guy in high school and we dated all of high school and I was like in love with him and he broke up with me to date another girl in our group and she knows who she is. (laughs) Now I'm going to find out who she is Yeah. Um, and I ate lunch in the bathroom for three weeks because you, everybody eats lunch together. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I could not, I was so humiliated to go in there with my fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich and Fritos and some grapes. Thank you, mama Faye. Like, Mm And sit at a circle table with the guy I was in love with and my friend who actually wasn't my friend. And now they're like smooching and kissing and cuddling and everybody's like, you know, having a blast. And I'm sitting there literally wanting to evaporate. I know. How did like, how do we make 16 year olds deal with that? Like kind of crazy when you look back that like so many of these character building moments and resiliency really do happen when you're in high school because you just yeah. have no control over your life. And like, you're not allowed to call in sick to school over a breakup. So, I mean, that's like one of the perks I think of actually starting to date in high school. A lot of parents are like, you can't date till you're 18. It's like, I don't know, man, you might want to get started on these life lessons now because this is like a pressure cooker. And if they can handle it in this situation with like half a developed brain, like they're <laughs> going to be fine. They're 26. And I'm so. sure, I'm sure it's only gotten 
Oh my God. I don't even want to think about it. Like I I really don't. It gives me anxiety. Everyone's like, you're going to be the best mom. I'm like, bro, like let's cool it. (laughs) I don't know if I'm even, it's going to be a challenge. What are you talking about? You're literally going to be the best mom in the world. And no, to protect, to protect your little bear, you can come live on my farm. Okay. Yeah. Maybe the farm life doesn't sound so bad because raising a child in LA. Yeah. Deep breath. Okay. So I think we've covered our bases here. You need to face reality. And if this relationship is over, you might need to temporarily cool things off with your cousin. That Mm -hmm. kind of sounded weird, but you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like just get a little bit of distance there. Um, and again, in my opinion, and this might be a cop out, the boundary is not a conversation. Unlike the first letter, that boundary mm-hmm. is a conversation. Yeah. Um, this boundary is an action, mm-hmm. which is no more. Give me my key back. No more contact on social media, block his ass. We're not like, we do not exist to each other for a minimum six months. Yes. I agree. I also think to help you do that as like a crutch in doing that, you said that like your friends are sick of hearing about it. So I'm sure they think that he's a garbage human and it's a toxic relationship too. Like hang out with them, lean on them, like go have some fun girl time, plan more trips. You know, it's like, it sounds like you have friends outside of like the group that your ex is in. So like just focus your priority and your time and energy elsewhere to help yep. you. Ditto Rogers. And if you need someone to talk to about this or you want the breakup book, we give the breakup book out for free to clients. And then the breakup, like- the breakup book changed my life. Truly. Yeah. So join, get a life coach and then she'll give you the breakup book for free. And then you can have double support and the breakup book doesn't go away. Like once you like, you know, graduate from your life coach, you still get to keep it. So um, yeah. So you should consider using promo code bless you all caps for 25% off your first month. We would love to have you. And then if you want to write in to bless you, uh, with a dilemma, a concern, a question, anything going on in your life. And remember it can be specific. Like that first letter was hyper specific, but I personally was here for it. Um, you can write in to bless you at joinblush.com, but I found that the more popular route would be to go to our website, joinblush.com, click on podcast, and then there's a submission form. And so you can submit it through the website. Super easy goes to me and Elise. We read every single submission that we get. We don't read all of them because some of them don't really make sense. And some of them just aren't appropriate for this podcast. So, but we, we have recorded most of them. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. We've recorded most of them. So we would love to hear from you and then remember to rate us on Apple podcasts or wherever else you're listening to us from. We would like five stars, five stars, please. Please. And thank you. We would like that. And then hopefully we'll see y'all soon. Um, I don't think we'll take another month long break, (laughs) but you never know. Uh, and then come Thanksgiving, I might duck out for a little bit, (laughs) depending on how this goes. Um, So we might take a little holiday breather, but otherwise we are happy to be back with you guys. And thank you for listening. And then we're going to have a little baby blush coach. (laughs)
<laughs> little baby blush. I <laughs> love it. That's her name, blush. Um, anyway, so we will, yeah, we will see y'all next time. Okay, bye.